real fast, I wanted to tell you about my new podcast, Upworthy Weekly. It's a lighthearted news podcast. It comes out on Saturdays. And I have forced my co-host, Todd Perry, to join me here to help me tell you about our new venture. Todd, why should they listen? Well, I mean, a lot of people, they think, oh, it's the Upworthy podcast. It's just going to be sunshine and it's going to be unicorns. But you know what? It's really not that. Allison doesn't have the ability. She doesn't have it in her to actually be that person that I thought we were hiring when we did this show. But clearly, after just a couple episodes, the facade dropped. Okay. I thought, you know, she's doing the Upworthy show. It's not going to be like, oh, neurotic, cynical Allison, but no, she's there. So, you know, I try to <laughs> counteract that with some of my good vibes. <laughs> um, I would argue that if one person is coming off as a little bit cynical and unhinged right now, it's not me. It comes out every Saturday, wherever you get podcasts. Bye. Allison Rosen, Allison Rosen is your new best friend. Allison, Allison, with perfect good times never end. Allison Rosen, doing the wavy pencil dance again. Allison Rosen, Allison's your new best friend. Hey everyone. Hi. Hello. Welcome to another episode of Alice and Rosen is your new best friend. I'm sitting here in my studio. And as you know, if you've been paying attention, this is normally where I would be catching up with producer Tony Thaxton, the bad boy of podcasting. However, he has abandoned me to go play drums with his stupid rock band, Motion City Soundtrack. Um, this is a notable episode though, because it is the last one. Without him, because he's coming back. So this is my final chance to badmouth him. Tony, I hope you have had your fun with your little rock band. And I hope you'll think twice. I hope you've, and I know you've listened back because you produce all these episodes. I hope you've heard every bad thing I've said about you. I meant it all. (laughs) Don't do this to me. And I hope it was worth it. Anyway, um, I am on the tail end of COVID. It has been pretty unpleasant. I Those people who are like, oh, yeah, my nostril felt weird for a day and then I was fine, had a different strain than I did because this one was bad. Uh, and um, I keep thinking I'm over it. And I'll feel better. And then I don't. And so today I have felt kind of sick again, which is super depressing. And if I am spacey and weird this episode, I'm blaming it on that. Uh, Anyway, that being said, my guest who is listening to this, don't worry. I'll pull myself together in the next 10 seconds. <laughs> um, I'm very excited to welcome to the show a very funny woman. She is a comedian. Uh, she is a motivational speaker. She is a lawyer. Please put your hands together for Ms. Jackie Fabulous. Oh, Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Dealing with the heat, but you know, it's yeah. summer. So what can you do? 
I should have also said that you have a very hilarious special called Menopause, which people can get now on their streaming services. Yes, Amazon, Apple TV, and the others whose names I forget right now. <laughs> they can find them. Just turn on your TV and it is probably right there. Um, okay, so yes, we started to talk about this uh, before we started rolling. And then I said, wait, save this sizzling content for air. <laughs> Sizzling. And we were talking about the weather. Okay. So I lived in New York for almost 10 years. You lived in LA for almost 20 years. And we both want to change places. Is that right? Because you're back in the Bronx now. I'm back in the Bronx. I just miss California. Like when I, when I moved October 2020, you know, pre all this. And my (laughs) only intention was just to get my life back on the East Coast where I'm from. Not to be like, okay, no more Cali. I wanted to come back and I have my friends there. I could have kept my apartment, but then. The whole world is like, no, you need to stay in New York because no one's going anywhere. So right. now that I, the world is kind of, you know, opening back up for all of us, I, I miss, I miss being the bi-coastal chick. I miss being able to go there and come here, go there and come here. That's a blessing to be able to do that in general. Yeah. And did you move back to your like childhood home? Yeah, I'm in the home I grew up in. The only difference now is now it's because my family's older. It's my house now too. Legally, but I'm in the bedroom that I grew up in. So the, the teenage room that I was in, the first orgasm I've ever had in my life was here. So yeah, that's, and that's, I, I laugh through it all because I'm very lucky and blessed to be in a very beautiful and comfortable home, but I'm a hundred years old. I need my own place. So yeah. So when I moved, first moved back to California from New York, I was in my thirties. I was a full fledged adult and yeah, I moved to Orange County, which I know you lived in. We got to talk about Orange County. Yeah. Um, so I moved back into the bedroom that I had grown up in and I lived there for almost a year. And then I actually got a job in Glendale. And so I was commuting, yeah. but it was the weird. It was so weird being back home as an adult. Mm-hmm. Like when you first got there, how did that feel? It's still awkward. It's horrible. I'm not going to yeah. lie. I'm very <laughs> grateful because I don't want to ruin my karma, but it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's trash. It's, I had not been here for 20 years. My mother and aunt, who I left behind, and my sister, but more my mother and my aunt, they're, you know, they're of advanced ages now. So they're, you know, if they were stubborn and hard-headed before, now it's a whole different. But I have to remember that this is temporary and that I right. wouldn't have been, I, I would have come here and stayed for a year and saved money because I was touring. But, you know, when when everything changed, the touring changed, all the jobs ended. So everything imploded. And now I'm like, okay, now let me blossom like a tulip and get a place and i bought a car and that's nice. one thing that's how, that's how you know that i'm coming back because in california yeah. of course i had a car but when i moved back i'm like oh i don't need a car i'm a new yorker then i'm like no 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 that girl's gone i need a car <laughs> i've heard it's super hard to get a car right now well, I, I bought the car i think a year i haven't had it a year yet it's been it's been less than a year and i got it right before everything got crazy Okay. This thing we're just starting to make the news. Like, how come I can't find a used car? I went on Carvana, and right when we we, we were still on lockdown, still you know, so I I got there before it got crazy. Now the idea that you can't find a car, well, in California, the the, the, the dealerships are literally like next door to one another. I can't ima- imagine that no one can find a car now. Yeah, and apparently. In the same way that, like, if you own a home, people are constantly trying to, they're slipping notes under your door. We yes. want to buy your house. If you, I think if people will pay top dollar for your car. I, ha- I had to curse a guy out, a real estate agent who was stalking <laughs> this block. He uh-huh. came to the front door, rang the bell, and he was, like, trying to talk to my mom. My mom, I'm like, I'm like, don't open the door for any strange man ringing the bell. 
So, but he's there talking to her through the glass. She's on the stairs. And I came down like, hey, get the away from that. You know, I had to be like, no, no, no. No one's buying this house. But these guys are, these guys, they stalk old people. Yes. And it takes somebody who's not old to be like, I will kill all of you. Get away from the court. (laughs) Right. So (laughs) over your shoulder, I see a caricature. What is the story behind this? Where was this $5. I was going for a walk. I think it was a week before COVID shut down New York. I was walking. I walked from Macy's to the Comedy Cellar, my home club. Mm -hmm. And they have street vendors all over New York that do this for you. And $5. This is how my hair was. I was wearing this jewelry. I was made up because I was going to perform. And five bucks, a guy in a canvas on in a chair and less than 10 minutes and I was done. I have to say, like oftentimes caricature artists, they'll hand you it and you're like, thank you for this roast. But that you look beautiful there. Thank you. Every now and then I've had it done before and I'm kind of like, wow, you're insulting me. To my <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. Uh, so when I lived in New York, my glory days, as I think yeah. about and my podcast listeners give me. It's kind of like a running joke because yeah. I talk about it too much. But I lived near the Comedy Cellar for for a little bit of time. Uh, that's of my, a cool neighborhood to live in. Yeah, it was. Um, a little, it was a little crowded for for me. Oh, it's, it's um, insane now. It's so yeah. much activity on the street. It's actually annoying. Yes, that's kind of <laughs> how I felt because I was yeah. I was past like I wasn't a college student, so I felt like yeah. I don't need to live need, among the quiet. college students. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Um. So, okay, so where in Orange County did you live? When I moved to L.A., I went to California to go to law school. The only school that would take me was Whittier in in uh, Costa Mesa. I rented a room out of some lady. Her name was Helen out of her condo. I know Helen. Just kidding. <laughs> Helen! <laughs> but I did I live rent- in Costa Mesa. This is nuts. I know. I rented a room out of her very small condo. And I remember she was... Very nice, but she was so short-tempered because of the hair shedding. Like, you know we shed hair. Mm. And if your hair is dark, you know, for someone who she was um, of mature age and gray and blonde, so her hair that shed, you couldn't see it. Right. Well, my hair shed, because there was a one bathroom, she she would lose her mind. I'm like, look, ma'am, I am a hairy person. I'm doing the best I can. But she was the the reason why I was able to move. I remember I, I cashed out my vacation pay. From the job I had when I was here, I just I went to Cali with with reckless abandon. Like I'm just gonna do it, and just so yeah, I was down. The, I was on what's the street that's so popular in Orange County? And um, is it Costa Mesa Boulevard? I think it's called Costa Mesa Boulevard. Costa New, are, are you thinking of Newport Boulevard? New, it might be Newport off the fifty-five. So oh, South Coast Plaza. That's okay. Where yeah, I was there. Yes, got it. That was my mall. <laughs> that's a it's a solid mall there's south coast there's fashion island a little further south they have that's designer nuts. they have cheap yeah. they have everything in there yeah that's crazy yeah so i i lived in costa mesa uh for a period of time as well get out of town um okay it's so beautiful it, up there yeah it is nice um so explain to me how you went from law school to comedy i graduated law school and got a divorce like in the same year because I eloped while I was in law school. And I just didn't take the bar. I, mm-hmm. I am not licensed to practice or help anyone. I can practice federal law. When you have the degree, you are a JD, and you can practice immigration federal. You can't do state by state. You have to be licensed for that. So I just did stand up after work for fun. My girlfriend at my job, she, she told me, take this comedy class. And it was Judy Carter's writing class. Mm-hmm. I took her class, and my first show ever was at the Improv. Uh, about 17 years ago. 
And I just did stand up after work for fun. There were no goals, no career goals. I didn't know you could make money at it. I mean, I've heard of those who have, but I'm like, I'm not really good enough. I didn't know. And in 2010, I worked at Caltech, Pasatina. Pasatina. That sounds prettier. Pasatina. Pasatina. <laughs> <laughs> I made it fancy. And they yes. fired me. And that's when I decided to, well, not decide, I had to. I, I got unemployment for five years. Thank you, Obama. And I did stand up after work while I had a day job. So it wasn't until I got fired where I became full-time whatever this is. <laughs> they made, they launched you. Pasatina launched you. Pasatina. Why, why, <laughs> why did Why did you get fired? Why did Pasatina fire you? I wasn't doing the job. I was, because you know how when you get really busy, most of the things that you plan for or pray for or goal list for happens. So as soon as I got that job, I got my first um, TV appearance doing stand-up, a contest. Mm-hmm. And a lot of auditions for commercials. And okay. that ha- and like every day I was at lunch gone for like damn near three hours. So my boss called me in his office and said, Jackie, we know you don't want to be here. And I'm like, you're very observant. Really. <laughs> and then he said, and then he said, why don't you give your, he, they were very nice. He said, why don't you just resign and go you know, follow your dreams? And I'm like, cause if I resign, I will not get unemployment. Um, mm. you, y'all know that I have a law degree. If you want me to leave here, you got to toss me out. <laughs> so oh. two weeks later, he called me back into the conference room and gave me the speech and a little manila envelope from HR. And they were like, all right, we, we're going to let you go. And I'm like, thank you. That's what I've been waiting on. <laughs> That's oh. how it happened. So you were yeah. like, it's your move, bitch. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not going to leave. You guys, you, no one leaves a job voluntarily when we know about unemployment. Dummies. Right. <laughs> I... Uh, quit a job. Just uh, I, 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 I had been leading up to oh, yeah. like it had been it had been a long time coming. But like one day, I just kind of woke up and I'm like, today's the day I'm gonna do it. So I googled, you know, how to quit a job or something, and I read something about you know here's the letter that you write HR and here's how you do your exit interview. And so I wrote this very vanilla bland like thank you for this opportunity and then the you know the advice was to give a very down the middle uh diplomatic exit interview which i look back on and i think did i have to do that or could i have been more honest but Mm -hmm. regard you know never so that's what happened Mm -hmm. and then later i found out there is a strategy about when you, if you are getting benefits, which I was, um, you know, insurance wise, there is a strategy about what time of month you should put in your notice. And I wish I had known about that. You can hold on to your medical benefits depending on how long you've been there. But I think for a fee, like sometimes you have to pay a minimal amount. It's I expensive, think it's, I think. Yeah, Cobra. It's, it's like, yeah. I remember when they gave me that option years ago. It was $400 back then. I can't imagine yes. what it's like now to hold on to your benefits after you've been let go someplace. I think it can be really expensive. But no, mm-hmm. this was just something as simple as like I would have had and like not putting in my notice at the beginning of the month or the end of the month. So at least I would have had the rest of the month or something like that. That was when I was young enough that I remember having an argument with my parents because they're like, you need to get health insurance. And I'm like, but why? I'm young. You know, now the idea of not having health insurance is like, are you insane? But, <laughs> but back then it was just like, but I'm just throwing money away every month. Anyway. Okay. So you, so you grew up in the Bronx. You went to law school in California. Um, what drew, did, what attracted you to the law initially? Just that was, that was the goal as a child. That was the job. What do you want to be when you grow up? 
I'm always like lawyer, attorney, attorney, lawyer from TV shows. Mm-hmm. No one in my family has any experience working in it. I just remember watching um, soap operas back in the day and they had all these lawyers in it. I thought it was going to be law and order. <laughs> part, of the reason, part of the reason why I was disappointed when I got a law degree and started working in the field. I'm like, this is not, there's no Mariska Hargitay. I'm, you know, I thought I could wear like a, a cute, sexy suit and have an affair with the judge. It's not, there's nothing fun. It's not TV. It's all paperwork. And kind of scary. Yes. Now, are you an SUV fan of all the different franchises? Because that's my favorite. If I find myself, it's been a while, but occasionally I would be stuck on a JetBlue flight and it would just be criminal intent. And I'm like, this is my least favorite of the law. Oh, criminal intent. What I don't like is that they would let you know who and what did what. Like in the beginning of them, I'm like, why are you letting us know who the killer is? Yeah. What's the point of sitting in here for another 20, whatever, 45 minutes? I can but, pretty much yeah. only do SUV. Yeah, oh, yes, SUV. Oh my God, am I? I know. That's you. Hello, <laughs> COVID. I'm blaming that on COVID. SUV, I can't believe I said SUV. How? Oh, <laughs> I used to be smart. I swear to God, two weeks ago, I was not that smart. But before that, um, SVU. Oh my yes. God, this is truly humiliating. That's SVU okay. is what I mean to say. Yeah, I love that one. And that had the old originals. With Sam Watterson, is that his name? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, li- I love the old ones, too. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so, and what soap operas? The one that I watched when I was a child that made me want to try being a lawyer, uh, Ryan's Hope. My you remember parents, that one? Yes. Yes, with Siobhan uh, and... Uh, Jillian? Jillian yes. was a lawyer. You remember? Yes. I well, so anybody my... who knows but that, who remembers that. I know Ryan's Hope, uh, and because I, I thought it was called Ryan's Soap. My parents watched Ryan's Hope and uh-huh. All My Children. So yeah. this was on from the time I was teeny tiny. Yep. I'm trying to remember anything. Yasmeen Bleeth. Wasn't she on Ryan's Hope? Yasmeen. Isn't she Baywatch? Yes, but I think she had been on Ryan's Hope. Probably. I think remember so. Remember Greg and Jenny on All My Children? Yes, I do. Didn't that was- uh, plane crash? I think so. I don't know, but I was so not sexually active when that was like the thing. Mm-hmm. But I was so young, like I'm turned on by these two. I'm not sure why. <laughs> mm. Okay, so speaking of sex and sexual things, I listened to the. Uh, oh, and I also should have. Again, I'm gonna in the same way that I'm blaming SUV. Oh, on COVID, <laughs> I'm gonna blame my not. Uh, not introducing you very well on that too. Um, I should have mentioned that you host a podcast called Relatable with Jackie Fabulous, um, which is very good and very relatable. And I listened to your most recent episode, the gay one, um, where you had uh, a bunch of comedians on who are gay and you talked to them about their, about their, their lives. Mm -hmm. And it was so good and it was moving. And I just was so impressed with, you as an interviewer and as just a human and I thought it was so well done um and I just I relate in in the title I related to how curious you were and I feel like a lot of people maybe wouldn't feel comfortable asking such um maybe personal Personal? questions. Yeah. Yeah. Did you have, but, but I like that because I feel like you asked the, you asked the questions that I think people want to know, but maybe feel like, is it okay to ask? I mean, just to, for people who are wondering what we're talking about, like you asked like really specific questions about like, 
how, okay, so how do you get off? How, yeah. how are you guys having sex? Like, how do two gay men indicate that they want to like go have sex? How is this happening? Yeah. Cause you know why? Because I, years ago, I used to be surrounded by gays. I don't know what happened, but like, I guess COVID and being a stand up comic, they're few and far between now. But when I was growing up, I always had gay friends, gay coworkers who will, I'd be in their lifestyle hearing the day to day occurrences. So mm-hmm. as the older I'm getting, the more I'm like, is it still that way? Because I don't have the friends in my life anymore. But I do, in turn, I have comics who are like that. But a comedian's point of view is always going to be extra open and honest, maybe TMI. So those guys that I asked, I knew they would tell me the truth. Mm-hmm. I knew that I, I, I knew that if I was worried, I could let them know, hey, I'm kind of nervous. Is it okay if I ask you A, B, and C? Because I had an episode uh, maybe a year ago, two years ago, for all trans comics. Mm-hmm. And I was I approached with the same, like, hey, guys, I'm clueless. So I, I, or I might not be as much as I think I am, but I'm going to pretend I am so you guys can teach me. And I asked them a lot of questions. And I did ask at first, like, do you guys mind? Because I'm going to really be like, so, you know, what, what's going on down there? And I remember Jay McBride, she hates the question. But she knows that's going to be the number one thing on most of our minds. Like, so your anatomy. But I also learned through her that it's not proper to ask mm-hmm. unless they let you in the door first. You mm-hmm. know, so I, you know, these kind of episodes are primarily because I'm like, I don't, this is new for me too. Mm-hmm. And I'm progressive. So I want to know how progressive can I be without being a dumb, you know, too intuitive or too curious. Right. Like something you got to just research yourself. You know? Did you learn that on the episode or in talking to her before the episode? Did you learn that you can't ask that question? I, don't, I wouldn't even know that. I don't even, I wouldn't say that I can't. It's her reaction that made me understand that is a question you got to approach with caution. Yeah, so, but was yeah. was that on air though, or was that? On air, on air, on yeah. Air. And I, okay. I've asked her in private too, but we're always joking around. Right. There's, no, there's never any straight answers. So that mm-hmm. also t- taught me, maybe it's not my business. You know what I mean? Right. Well, see, that I thing. think, yeah. So I, I'm also a very curious person and I always want to hear people's stories. And sometimes if I have someone who is gay on my show, I will want to, or oftentimes, if it's germane at all to like what we're talking about, I'll want to ask about, you know, what was your coming out journey? What was that like? Because I always know like that's so such a formative part of their life and their head of the challenges. Yeah. Yeah. There's no way that that like wasn't something that was in some way difficult and scary and all that. Um, But I have had people say to me that you, but you wouldn't ask a straight person, when did you realize you were straight? Um, So then that makes me think like, is that a question that I shouldn't be asking? Am I othering this person by, always making a thing of it so that's just something for that i it's sort of been on my mind i i kind of think that there's a, a level of tolerance for those in the lgbtq npt ia lgb lgbtq not p is it p lgbdq is it lgp or b i know it but i'm getting it wrong lgbtq I-A-N-P-T. Don't ask me all of them. I just learned some new ones. I but didn't know there was an NPT. NPT. I, f- I remember it's uh, Native American. And you have to research it, but that's part of why it's uh, the N. NPT. And then there's P and then there's T. And I and I, I remember Marshall Warfield, the legendary comic, explaining what the, the N stood for. So my point is, I'm wow. always learning. And mm-hmm. they know that this level of interest, unfortunately, 
and ed- education is kind of new. Mm-hmm. So I find that those in that community, they're like, look, we know that you guys are back asswards about this. And we're going to allow you to be curious for a few more years. But after a <laughs> while, after a while, it's, not, it's our job to understand. Yes. It's not their job yes. to speak anymore. Yes. Someone just let me know what the expiration date on my curiosity is. <laughs> yes, I did. I, I did have a lesbian guest though say to me, like, I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with someone being curious and trying to understand someone else's life. No, and I don't think that's okay. So. But don't let it over, but don't let it overpower like your desire to like meet new people and have friends and, like I, I, lo- I would love to know, but I'm also okay with not knowing. I'm also like, dude, if we vibe, you know, I don't really. That, I, you don't care whose dick I suck when I go home, you know. So why would I care? <laughs> right. What you're doing when you leave me, you know, we're here right. now in the right. present. Right. Um. Okay. So going back, back to your story. Okay. So you go yeah. to law school, and you said you eloped. Yes, in Vegas. Um, in mm-hmm. Vegas. Yeah. Uh. And but then this wait did but then this had something to do. How did that relate to comedy? I moved to California in two thousand. I got married. I think that same year, and I got divorced less than a year later. And so I was just single, living in Cali, working jobs. And then I started. I tried stand up in two thousand five ish. I see. And but this, so it was stand up and a full time day job wherever for five years. But then in 2010, Caltech said, don't you come back here again. Right. It passed so that's a Tina. when I became a, a full-time entertainer. Yeah. Got it. Got yeah. it. So what was the deal with that guy? What? Oh, the first one? Mm. Yeah, I met him in college in volleyball class. And I remember we exchanged numbers. Nothing happened. We were best friends for like two or three years. No romance. And then, of course, like every corny movie, something snapped in my head. And I'm like, oh, I love this guy. And we dated for a long time. And that was part of why it didn't work out. We dated too long. Because mm-hmm. after about four years, I was like, hey, dude, what's up? You know, either piss or get off the pot. And he was like, ah. And that was car- that gave me the motivation to pack up and move to um, Cali. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, look, I've been in New York my whole life. And I have a man who won't marry me. I'm just going to move. And it's when I moved that he was like, oh, you were serious. So when I moved, it got, it got all dramatic and, you know, why'd you ever leave me and that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, I forgot, did, I, did I answer the question? I feel like I'm going on and on. Well, I, I, the question was, so what happened with, it was the, oh, my eloquent question was, we, quote, we, so what happened with that dude? We grew apart. That's got primarily it. it. We were, he was, he had a lot of emotional issues, a lot mm. of, uh not being able just to handle communicating what was going on with him, a mentally ill mother, just a mm-hmm. man who couldn't talk to me about anything. And, he, was, and he held grudges a lot, which oh. I don't believe in. Yeah. So, and, and he wouldn't get serious about me until I already felt like, oh, it's already over. I shouldn't have married mm-hmm. him. So that's kind of what happened. Do you feel like the fact that it took your moving, and this is less a question about you and him than just a relationship in general question, because I imagine there's some listeners who could relate to this. Yeah. Do you feel like the fact that it took you up and moving to California for him to all of a sudden realize his feelings was a red flag? Not even a red flag, more of a red flag for me. I put more of the blame on me than him that I stayed in it too long. Because mm-hmm. I was madly in love for like the first two years, and then I I, and I remember getting restless and kind of like, all right, well, why are we do? Why are we dating? Yeah. And then after I stayed with him so long because I was comfortable, 
he was like, he saved me from having to be out there with my girlfriends who were just, you know, looking for men, couldn't find them. And I had a big, beautiful one. So I was kind of like, hey, I feel safe, you know, mm-hmm. and at the time my father was alive. <laughs> he died five years ago. So I kind of had my dad and my boyfriend. So I was kind of like in a secure little man bubble. Mm-hmm. And but it wasn't until I moved that I was kind of like I was no longer in love with him. But I still married him because I'm like, well, he's been in my life so long. May as well. And that's yeah. the wrong reason to <laughs> that's the right. wrong reason to marry someone. For comfort. Yeah. yeah. I know. I think there's that what do they call that? This there's also the sunk cost fallacy, right? The idea that like you've put so much time oh, yes. or money how into dare something. He go, how dare he leave and go find someone else and enjoy yeah. the building that I built. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um so uh I looked at your Wikipedia page and you have a fantastic uh last name that you were born with. Yes. Where did but uh where did I mean where did fabulous come from? No no one can pronounce or remember my real name. My real name is Jacqueline Champagny. Which is pretty but Champagny is spelled like champagne but there's there's an i between the n and the e. And mm-hmm. this is what I have to go through all the time like since <laughs> since kindergarten. Every everyone says champagne, sham, 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 champagne. They all say it wrong. Mm-hmm. So that to me was a bad way to begin my career with a name nobody could pronounce, spell, or remember. Right. So that's quite, that's part, that's really why I changed it. I wanted something more marketable and fun. It, it forces me to not be bad. Like you really can't suck with a name, the name that I chose. <laughs> this is true. You know, it's embarrassing if you do. Um, you were on America's Got Talent. How was yes. that? Fantastic. Every minute of it was wonderful. It's a very well-oiled machine. The judges, the producers who worked in the back, I felt very taken care of. And it was fun. I was there for four four rounds, which is a lot. And I was longer than I thought I'd be there. I didn't watch the show before I got on it because I didn't know how big it was. Mm-hmm. Then when I got on, I'm like, oh, everyone on earth watches this. <laughs> I had no idea. So it helped. It helped me not be so in obscurity or, you know, anonymous. More mm-hmm. like, oh, we've heard of her. She was on this. Do you still get recognized from it? Not as often. Not unless, when, when the last, I think, you know, not really, no. Probably not in like the last two years do I get like stopped. Mm-hmm. But but probably pre-COVID, I, I remember I, I had an experiment. I wore a America's Got Talent black hoodie on the, on the, on the uh, airplane. Mm-hmm. And I did it all ego. It was all ego. I'm like, I want to see if anybody, and I wore it on the TSA line. And girl, when I tell you, it was the worst idea of my life. I'm like, oh my, I'm not even famous like that. And I'm so annoyed. Nobody talked to me again. Everyone was talking because they all recognized. They saw the name. Uh-huh. They would look at my thing for because it was very big font. They would look <laughs> at that, and then they would look. Then they would gaze up and look at my face and be like, oh, because black woman. It's very easy to remember from mm-hmm. that show, right? So. It, it doesn't happen often, but when it does, it's always a lot of fun because, you know, and it can be annoying, but it hasn't been annoying for a long time. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's like, um, did you see that movie Soap Dish? No, I have not. Oh, my God. Do you know? Do you remember it? I mean, this is a long time the ago. The old one, yeah. Yeah, with Sally Field and uh, <laughs> um, Kathy Moriarty. Um, I don't know why this popped into my head, but they yeah. like, they stage a scene where like she gets, uh, she gets recognized and... Uh, uh. Um, I want to know how it felt. That's why I wore the. Yeah, I'm like, what does it feel like? And they were really like, "Oh, we know," because you know they saw the they saw the font and the brown skin, and they were, "Oh, we know who you are." (laughs) Well, that's that's cool that you can like 
Anytime you need that, though, you have the hoodie and you I can know, go to the airport. I did it once. I'm like, I, you know, I, I didn't think about that. Whenever I'm having like a low self-esteem time, yeah, I'm going to wear that and do go, that. go to run some errands. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. So you are... Uh, you're you are a motivational speaker as well as a comedian, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Do those so things ha- all the time. Yeah. So, wh- uh, like, what, when, when, and what, and uh, what is that? What's that like? The message is: I inspire and influence women all around the world, showing them how to find the funny in their flaws. Oh, I love that. So, so my, my elevator pitch. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, wh- to, what kind of groups do you speak to? Women, primarily women, and usually when I get. Uh, hit up to do these gigs is usually a female organization or a female company. You know, you can't like, you can't tell men they can't come, but usually they hear all girls and they're like, I won't be there. <laughs> so, so, so corporate events, like the last one I did was right when COVID hit. It was uh, in Vegas at the MGM, the women's leadership conference It's once a year. And it's like thousands of women. And I've been doing that like, annually. And every now and then a company will be like, we want to have a, like a morale meeting for our, our conference, whatever. So my message is, because my message comes from my own life. I, I started stand up when I was 35, even though I had a law degree and I got divorced. And I kind of teach women like you can begin again whenever you want. You can change your career whenever you want. You can go back to school. Cause I always hear like, well, I'm going to be 50 by the time I graduate. God willing, you'll be 50 anyway. So mm-hmm. my thing is just, you know. Do what you want with your life while you can, regardless of your family doesn't agree with it. They don't understand it. Your man don't want you to. It's really just empowerment for us to just live your life the way you want. And if we're happy, you all will be happy too. You know what I mean? So how the did thing you, that we are embarrassed about, I teach us to laugh at it. How did you arrive at that? Have you always felt that way? I've always felt that way because I've... I. I had to get over like a feeling of it's too late. Like when I, mm-hmm. when I started to stand up and it wasn't me who decided I should be a career comic. It was everyone else. That's like, you're funny. You should do this. And I'm like, I must start this new job now. You know, I have degrees right. on my wall. I'm getting gray hair. How in the hell am I going to begin again? And when I did it, I'm like, Oh, I'm actually happy. So I probably have found my calling mm-hmm. because when I began stand up, you know, you have all these bringer shows where you invite your friends and they all come out. So one of my first shows, I invited a lot of my coworkers at, from the law firm and they watched my show. And when they were done, they all approached me and they were like, hey, this is what you should do for a living. You should. We love you at the office, but girl, that is not it. <laughs> so that's how I knew like I had a chance at this. And and, and it came when I was, you know, almost 40. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. why I'm like, you, know, you got it. You have to find a way to make a living and fuel your own dreams because life is clearly too short. I definitely feel the clock ticking a lot of times. Um, I, you know, I think about these goals that I had. Sometimes I think like, are those even like realistic goals? I I don't even mean realistic. Like, could they happen in the world? I mean, like, are those even things that I still want? And then I think, but I'm too old for those. Th- like those are like something an ange- Like those are like a, a young person in Hollywood's dreams. Like the yeah. I'm too old for that to happen. Yeah, um, yeah I think yeah, about that stuff true. all the time. It's not true. It's not. It's it's never. Everyone thinks that people are being that people are judging you, but everyone mm-hmm. is consumed with their own lives and their own world. And if you decide you want to go back to school tomorrow, you may have opinions from your friends and family, but overall, it really is only about what you want to do. 
Yeah. With no one really, no one, I don't think matters when it comes to like, what does Jackie want to do with her time and her, with her life? And no one else's opinions really matters because, you know, it, it really is about what you want. Mm-hmm. People have opinions, but I, I spend so much time by myself, even though I have a family and I have a, a man in my life, but it's still like, I have to be happier. None of, none of those people matter. Have you dealt with the people in your life uh, having judgments about what you do? My mother and father didn't get this because they're from my whole family's, you know, um, Jamaican. They they came mm-hmm. here from another country and immigrants and mentality when it comes to coming to America is just get a job, get a house, marry someone, get some pets and be quiet. And I was kind of like, ah, I, I like the house and spouse part, but I also don't want a regular job because I get really bored. Mm-hmm. And you, you people tell you for years, like, you know, if you're getting bored because you're not applying yourself, you're not trying hard enough. You know, you have the potential, and I've been told that my whole life. Like potential, and you gotta, you know, focus. And I'm like, maybe this is not what I should be focusing on. I've right. tried. I've had my resume is so long, my corporate resume mm-hmm. of nonsense. Because I, because because entertainers have the ability to get jobs. We, we're mm-hmm. suave. We're we're charismatic. So whenever I go on an interview, I'll get every job I interview for. I'm not qualified to do any of the things. <laughs> but I realized that. Stop going on interviews for jobs you don't like, don't want, can't do. Mm-hmm. What if you pour into you? And that's when I, you know, realized, oh, I'm a good comic. So why not ride that out? Plenty right. of people did before me, you know, and and die doing it. So why not? Why can't I? Even if I'm never, even if I never reach what I think is, you know, um, celebrity status or wealth, I still love the job enough to do it, to live on. You know, I make enough to eat. And if I'd never, if I, if I'm told right now, Jackie, you will never be a female Kevin Hart. I'm like, well, that's great. I, I like the job and I, I've never liked any job ever. Cause they're all garbage. <laughs> do you, um, but do you wish that your, your parents could have understood? No, I think everything happened the way it's supposed to happen. I don't think going back would have made a difference. Cause when I did tell them it was on a Thanksgiving trip, I was back here from Cali and my mother and father drove to get me in from the airport. And I was in the back seat. And they were asking the questions, how's Cali, how or whatever. And I'm like, you know what? Now's the time <laughs> to let them know that I'm never going back there because they don't want me to. And I remember telling them in the car and it was silent. It was quiet because they were like in shock. And I said, look, I got fired from Caltech and I'm never going back. I'm going to be a full-time stand-up comic. And of course, in immigrant parents' mind, they're like, you've lost your damn mind. But I'm like, hey, you guys don't have to like it. But, you know, I'm a grown woman. I'm going to do it. And that kind of rebellion feels good because, you know, you're you're baffling your family. But I'm like, they don't matter. You know, they live their life already. It's my turn now. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I think it might be time to do a segment that we call Just Me or Everyone, where people share things they think or do and they wonder, is it just me or is it everyone? Sometimes I ponder on something I have thought or done. Is it just me or everyone? I'm getting married in November, God willing. And is it me or is, is I feel like there are extra couples out and about in the streets. Extra couples? Extra, a lot of couple, a lot of horny people walking around who are either in love or just in love today. Okay. <laughs> Is it because I'm in? A, is it because I'm in love? Why everyone around me looks like they're in love? Or 
Oh, right. I'm imagining it. Right. Like when all of a sudden you hear a new word and then you mm-hmm. hear that word everywhere and you're like, is everyone using this word or is yeah. it, am I just like noticing it more? Yeah. Like, it's like that like deja vu where you, you kind of wonder, did it happen already or is that right. deja vu? I don't remember. Right. But yeah, I feel like everyone, there are a lot of couples out and about. And, I, yeah. And I feel like they're clogging the streets. <laughs> Because they're walking, embracing each other, and you can't walk in New York. That's not okay. No. That is not okay to be like arm in arm if you're blocking foot traffic. Yeah, especially in the village, because the village seems like the, the town for lovers. Yeah. It's like, everybody get out the way. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Is it like a, I mean, it's very hot right now. So that doesn't seem particularly romantic. No, it's true. But I think there's a thing where people, they call is it? No, no, cuddle weather. There's a, there's a term for the when the season changes and yes. you look for a partner based on the fact that, okay, it's going to get getting cool cold. Yes. Yeah, it's getting cold. What is that but, called? A, a, it's like, I know. Uh, I'm Cuffing. Cuffing season. Yes. Cuffing yes. season. But, no, but summertime, spring and summer is known no. for the flings, though. Yes. They're known for the, I'm not going to see this guy beyond August, but I'm going to have a really good time in July. Right. I so maybe it's, yeah, because you yeah. have uh, wedding eyes. Yeah. Um, oh, I'm just horny all the time. That could be it, too. So congratulations on your impending nuptials. Thank how's, you. How's the wedding planning going? I just started taking it seriously, and I realized that you, you have to do it uh, with a lot of advance notice. Who knew? Did you know you got to plan weddings ahead of time? Crazy. Um. <laughs> so I had a similar experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, we started planning late. You know, it, I, my husband and I were just talking about this recently. Like, why were we so wedded, no pun, to this particular date? Like, we decided, like, we have to get married. And, and then he was thinking, like, was it a budget thing? Was it cheaper if we chose March versus a few months later? Yeah. But we were like, we're doing it in March. And we only had four months instead of however many months. So yeah. then I went to go look for dresses. And it's like, I ended up buying, you know, the, like, the one off the rack or something mm-hmm. because it's like they need X many months to make your dress. Yeah. Which I didn't, everything was messed up because we didn't have enough time and we kind of yeah. did, it, did it to ourselves. Yeah. It was supposed to be in September. And then we, when he and I sat down, we're like, Oh, uh, that's in a couple of weeks. No <laughs> one prepared for anything. Right. So, the, so we picked November cause it's not going to be cold yet. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be warm. You might have to wear a cute little whatever, but it's enough before winter gets here. Cause summer, yeah. Clearly, well, if you're gonna get married when it's warm, you gotta plan that shit in advance. Like, Craig, everyone's busy or closed or booked up or a restaurant that they want. Then, oh, girl, you wanted September. We'll yeah. see you next year. I'm like, right. oh my god, right? They're People like really- s- summer 2024. Yeah, exactly. It's like getting married is a real thing. Yeah. Oh, even and we're gonna do it at the courthouse, and you gotta make an appointment at the courthouse. All the courthouse dates that I want, I'm like, why? How come no one seems happy, but everyone want to get married? <laughs> <laughs> right. It's because yeah. there's all these lists all the lovers in the street that you've noticed. Yes. They're like, we can't afford to live alone. Please let's get married. That's how, what's happening. Uh, <laughs> how did you meet? How did you meet this guy? If I may ask. Oh, I've known he's a, he's an uh, oldie, but goodie. He was the boyfriend or fling that I left when I moved to LA. Okay. Uh, but when I moved back, he's like, Hey, guess who's still here? I tell girls who are looking for their, they're a forever guy, that person, go back to your hometown. <laughs> Everyone partner that they either passed up, broke up with, or were like, I don't see you that way. They're all at home. 
mm-hmm. go back home. I came back home and the hottest guy I've ever seen in my life is the one that is still here. And I'm like, oh, okay. And he's, he's like, I still want you. So I'm like, okay, let's try it out. So it, it worked out well. That's so funny. Yeah. Because so many people leave their whole, they, you leave your hometown because you're like, there's no one here. Yeah. And then you, I'm like, just go back. He's right there. He's waiting on you at 7-Eleven. <laughs> It is funny because for me, I didn't, it wasn't in my hometown exactly, but when I came, because I'm from California, I lived in New York, but when I moved back to California, that is when I met my husband to be, I mean, now husband, but that is, it was like, I lived in New York, nothing happened in all those years in New York, and then I came back, and that's when my, it's like my life kind of started. Yeah, me too. When I was in LA, I tried, I gave it a very good try to find love and date properly, and it was going nowhere. As soon as I come back to the East Coast and the smell yeah. of, hey, I'm, I'm okay with not dating anyone. They're like, oh, no, no, we want you. Like when I let go and stop looking yes. and staring, they're yes. like, oh, you want to go out? I'm like, what all this attention? Where was that shit when I was in Cali? Right. You know? And I actually was, and I, I, I remember saying to him, because I just wanted to be friends at the beginning, even though I was very drawn to him. But I said, like, I'm in such a weird place in my life right now. I'm living in my childhood bedroom. Like, I don't think it would be wise for me to start dating. Like, I'm on such shaky ground. Yeah, like, that's yeah. how much I was not in a place to date. Yeah, me it's- too. When I moved back, I didn't call him when I first moved back because I knew yeah. I had to have my head right, my heart right, because he's going to be like, we're a couple. So I'm like, mm-hmm. don't call him until you are ready to not date anyone again ever. Right. So I didn't call him for like three months. And then when I finally did, I'm like, oh, okay. He's he's ready. And I'm, you know, very single. <laughs> so, so, ha- so how long had you guys gone out before you, like originally, how long did you guys go out? We weren't, co- we weren't boyfriend and girlfriend. I met him in college, but I married and dated somebody else. Because he was, he was that dude who was not uh, commitment interested. And he went Got to the military, it. blah, 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 that guy. Mm. But we were always friends when I would come back to New York to visit. But we weren't a couple. But then when I, and then when I moved back, he was, he'd always be the guy who would call me when I'm traveling. Like, hey, I'm in Dubai. Hey, I'm in Texas. This is, he always wanted to say hi. But then when mm-hmm. I came back, he's like, you've got to let me have a chance. Like, he was really adamant about it. And I'm like, okay, oh. well, we're all, we're a lot older now. Not much time left. We might as well just see how this works out. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, okay, I tell let... girls, go back home. Go back home. <laughs> go back home. That's so smart. I See, I wouldn't have thought of that advice because the advice is always like, go to a city, you know, get out of wherever you're from. I know. That's why it's different. It's like, hey, you're from Iowa. I bet you there's a hot guy who loved you in Iowa. And so many, and even if it's not Iowa, but whatever random, so many women have been like, you know what? I'm going I'm to give Mike a call. <laughs> yeah. From wherever she's from. It happens a lot. Um, all right, let's do a couple just mirror everyone's that people sent in on Twitter. Uh, okay, Dr. Steph says, just mirror everyone. Uh, everyone I know has COVID again right now. I mean, out in LA, it is everywhere right now. We had really? managed, yeah, it's like every, I don't know what it's like where you are right now, but it is it's surging. It's crazy here right now. Uh, I'm coming everyone to LA has it. On, I'm coming to LA on Sunday. Why? Mm-hmm. Every time I- that's a, every time I want to come to LA, there's a surge. This is it's, ridiculous. Yeah, it's pretty. Uh, it's. I don't know if it's no. I, I was gonna say I don't know if it's like a little better now than a couple weeks ago, but no, we're like headed toward mandatory masking uh, indoors again here because we're like in the high level again. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we I I we had made it 
this far into the pandemic without get well without getting it and then we went to tucson which is i think where we got it um <laughs> i would you know just just wear you just wear a good mask and just, you know just be traveling careful. Yeah. i know i'm at the point now where if you were to ask me if i have covid i'd be like i don't know <laughs> i yeah. feel fine well <laughs> you know then I've never good. gotten a positive test. I've been tested God knows how many. Never gotten a positive But I'm pretty sure I've had it. Mm-hmm. But when I had it, I didn't have a reason to go. I was home and probably sick and like, this clearly must be it. But then right. when I had work, I'm like, oh, I got to get tested a lot. Yeah. You know, but yeah, I test it all the time if I'm home and not around anyone. Right. I had been, I got sick um, like a couple months ago and I was like, this has got to be it. And But it wasn't. But yeah. then my three-year-old got very sick um mm-hmm. and was tested and that was covid and that's when uh-huh. the whole family got it um that little <laughs> that little shit okay, okay. <laughs> so let's see uh phil scrog says whenever i go for a walk or a run i always match my pace to the beat of whatever song is playing in my headphones at the time i think that's everyone that's everyone especially when you're in the gym on a machine and you're bored yeah. out your mind you have to that elliptical is all to a song <laughs> A Kimmy thing says, just mirror everyone, I can't tell the difference between Chris Hemsworth, Chris Pine, and Chris Evans. I know they are all good-looking Chris's. That's it. And then you need to pay attention, a- girl. Yeah. Let's see. I can. <laughs> I'm looking at them. Chris They're hot Hem- as hell, but I know them apart. Which is your favorite Chris of those three? Four. I want the big one. Okay. That's Hemsworth, right? Yes. Yes. Um. All right. Liam, who's that? What are the names? Liam is the brother. Yeah. Chris is the one with the beautiful eyes. He Wonder Woman dude. Mm-hmm. And who's the other one? Uh, Chris Evans. Oh, Chris, oh um, Captain Chris America. Evans. Yes. She can't tell them apart? I guess not. Not trying. <laughs> <laughs> All three hot as hell. She can't tell? Okay. Uh, okay. And then Eric says, if I'm ever watching TV and a map of the USA is displayed, uh, my eyes immediately go to where I live on the map and I basically ignore every other location that might be talked about. You narcissistic motherfucker. Okay. That's like kind of like, well, that's kind of like an actor. And by actor, I mean me. Like when I have, a, <laughs> when I have a job, I'm like, okay, la, 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 la. where am I? There, yeah. there you go. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's actor. I recently listened to a podcast. Uh, and they mentioned me a couple times, and like uh-huh. once they mentioned me a couple times, the the whole I I actually haven't once I I I listened a little bit longer, and I'm like, are they going to mention me anymore? And then I'm like, I think they are clearly not going to mention me anymore. And then I was done with the podcast episode. <laughs> otherwise, otherwise, I would have listened to it though. But then I was like, now that I've gotten a taste of hearing myself, it's all I want to hear about. <laughs> I mean, I feel bad, too, because I was on, I think I'm currently on Flatbush Misdemeanor. There's a show on Showtime, mm-hmm. a recurring role. And the EP, the person who is his show, Dan Perlman, he always sends me, like, a, a, the latest clip to, to promote the latest episode, right? And I've, I've only been reposting it when there's a clip that has that I'm in, and I feel like a complete asshole. Like, Jackie, promote the whole show, not just your <laughs> episodes. Oh, but I'm like, but I want to pro- post the ones that I'm in. Yes. But that's really, but if, but if I want to be considered for the show, if it comes back, I got to promote the show overall. But I, I'm like you, I'm like, I'm done. So why would I watch anymore? Because, <laughs> because you're proud of the whole show. You watch right. The whole show is great. Mm-hmm. Not just about me. 
I had something happen to me recently, which I don't normally have this happen, which is I was on another podcast and they selected an image that I did of me, which I did not like. And I was like, well, now I got to promote this and use this photo of me that I find to be very unflattering. What do I do? And I had <laughs> insight into like, oh my God, now I think I must know how other people feel probably if I use a photo they don't like. I'll look, I'll look you up. Like whenever I promote a show or I'm doing a show and it's my flyer that I got to make, I'll look, I'll Google them. But the ones who are vain, like I know who they are, so or they might be. So I'm like, you send me a picture because I know the one that I'm going to get, you're going to have a problem with. Yeah, that's, I, it made me realize I should probably always do that. Yeah. Or, and the ones that I, that I know are Googleable, the headshots, at least they're professional photos. Right. There are a lot, there's a lot of crap, but there's so many of me that are, done by a pro that people can find that before they, you know, result, resort to the ugly ones. See, and here I took screen grabs of us because I like to get the au natural shots. Oh, I love it. I'm not vain. I don't care. I'm at okay. the age. I'm like, this is it. <laughs> um, I have to tell you, because I like everything sparkly. I loved your pants and your special menopause. Banana Republic clearance okay. during the pan- pandemic. I got them in black. I got them in bronze. And I just bought... The pleated skirt. They got a pleated skirt. Oh my skirt. god! Banana Our- Republic. I. Whenever you see things that are shiny like that on sale, girl, buy it. You will never regret it. What are they sequins? Are they little studs? Like what is? No, what is? They're, they're are they crystals? Sequined. They're fully sequined. Oh my god! You guys they're, watch the special because well. it's watch the special menopause on all your streaming services because it is hilarious and also because you got to see these pants. They're very yes. sparkly. Whenever I wear them anywhere, the women are like, the pants! I, I get, like, attacked in the streets. <laughs> when you saw them, were you just like, oh, my God, these are my pants for the special? Yes, I was. We were we were on lockdown, and I was depressed, and my friends were sad. But I'm like, but shopping was honestly how I got through it. Mm-hmm. I spent probably enough to pay off my student loans, but I don't care. Because these pants, the reaction they get makes it worth it. <laughs> Jackie, fabulous. It was so nice having you on the show. Thank uh, you for please having me. tell everyone where they can find you, what they should look for. Uh, do all your plugs. Okay. JackieFabulous.com to get the shortcut to find all my socials. But my handle is at JackieFabulous on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I will be at the Blue Note in Honolulu, Hawaii on Ooh. August 10th. Wow. I need you guys to come see the show. Tell your friends and family because it's really far. And I don't want to have a light audience. I want everyone to be out there. And uh, the cellar in Vegas, I'm there the week after next. And then next week, I'm in L.A. at the Comedy Store, Laugh Factory. Just look, follow me on social media. and You'll be able to come and see me because I'll be performing a lot. Do it. What, do you wear? Do you bring the with the pants be making an appearance? No, those pants are like for serious work pants. Those are like my <laughs> no. Yeah, are you got to do your pants. Yeah, you, you need more. You, these are your fun, casual show pants pants that you'll be bringing or something else i also forgot i have my my comedy album came out the day or two after the the special it's called it's it's also called menopause and it's everywhere you can buy uh, an album and on my website so menopause the special menopause the album everyone get that i was Mm. laughing out loud multiple times um 
And listen, if you like what you're hearing, or even if you don't, please make sure you are subscribed, tell a friend, leave us a nice comment on Apple Podcasts, Five Stars, or wherever you're listening, you can review it. Uh, follow me on social media at Allison Rosen on Twitter and Instagram. I'm also on Patreon, patreon.com slash Allison Rosen. There's all different reward levels. Uh, you can get bonus episodes of The Friend Zone, my Patreon podcast, uh, lots of the juicy gossip and other stuff. Uh, there's a level where you can text me and I'll text you back live streams blah 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 so much stuff patreon yeah subscribe for a year get two months free and listen to my other podcasts upworthy weekly and childish that one i do with uh greg fitzsimmons and upworthy weekly is my lighthearted lighthearted news podcast that comes out on saturdays and i know i'm forgetting stuff but um the so be it okay jackie thank you so much it was so great getting to talk to you listeners thank you for listening i love you you matter goodbye Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen Show? We had a good time, but now we gotta go. Yeah, Allison!